This is the One Thing Podcast, where we teach you the surprisingly simple truth behind extraordinary results. This is the One Thing Podcast, where we teach you the surprisingly simple truth behind extraordinary results. I'm your host, Kaylin Les. If you've read the One Thing book, you know there's a whole section dedicated to unpacking the lies that keep us from experiencing extraordinary success. There are six lies in total, and the final lie is something that a lot of entrepreneurs struggle to reprogram in their thinking. We've seen it time and time again show up as the one thing that holds people back. The lie? Big is bad. And the reason this lie is so tricky to debunk is because When you put big and results in the same sentence, many folks jump straight into thinking that big is complex, it's time-consuming, it's overwhelming or intimidating. But today, we are going to introduce you to four ambitious leaders who've lived in a way that embraces big thinking. The massive goals they've set for their businesses are only exceeded by their even bigger visions for what it means to live an extraordinary life. They are successful entrepreneurs, philanthropists, wives, mothers who have started and expanded multi-million dollar businesses. They are each on a path of mastery where they are continuously striving to become the best versions of themselves while also supporting one another to do the same. Today's conversation is part of our monthly webinar series where we invite you, our community, to join us live each month so you can be there for the actual interview and ask questions to our guests. It was such an honor to be there and to have this conversation, and so I'm so happy to share it with you today. With that, let's get into this episode with the hosts of the Empire Building Podcast, Wendy Papasan, Sarah Reynolds, Seychelle Van Poole, and Bea Williams. Eating healthy is an investment. It's an investment in yourself, but it also often requires an investment of your time. But good news is Factor has delicious ready-to-eat meals that are ever fresh and never frozen. They're chef-created, dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. With Factor, you can choose from a weekly menu of up to 35 options, including popular things like Calorie Smart or Keto Direction or Protein Plus or Vegan and Veggie. Also discover 60 more add-ons every week like breakfast on the go, lunch, snacks, beverages to help you stay fueled, feel good all day. And we know our listeners here at The One Thing are focused on health and health goals. That's why we choose to partner with Factor. And if you visit factormeals.com slash 150 and use code 150, you can get 50% off your first month plus 20% off your next month. Again, that's factormeals.com slash ONE50 and use code ONE50 to get 50% off your first month plus 20% off your next month. And I'm so excited to introduce you to the hosts and leaders behind the new Empire Building podcast. Um, this is Wendy Papasan, Sarah Reynolds, Seychelle Van Poole, and Via Williams is behind the scenes where we can't see her, but she's here in spirit. Coming. Yeah. And Via forgot to wear blue. So that's why he's not, we don't get to see her. <laughs> Somebody else was matching. First, can you guys take a minute and just introduce yourselves? Sure, I'll start. Uh, Hi, I'm Wendy Papazan, and I run the Papazan Properties Group, which is a residential real estate team here in Austin, Texas. We have a few locations around the country. We've got a a little team in Dallas, one in Houston, and one in Minneapolis, Minnesota. I also uh, run a business called uh, Papazan Home Services, and my amazing partner is actually also Kaylin's amazing partner, uh, Brent Wallace. And I also am in charge of our income producing properties. So my husband and I own 
bunch of residential uh, income producing properties. I run that. And I am also the co-founder with these ladies of a business that helps women build big businesses and even bigger lives. And it's called Amplify. So, and then also I'm a, a co-host of a podcast called Empire Building. So that's all my things. I love it. Wendy, <laughs> what about you, Sarah? What is the next? Yes. Hi, everyone. So glad to be here. I'm Sarah Reynolds. I am uh, the leader of the Reynolds Team uh, Network, and we are a real estate uh, sales business outside of the Washington, D.C. metro market. So we service Virginia, D.C., and Maryland. And then we have two expansion locations, Richmond, Virginia, and then Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, We expanded to earlier this year. I also am a proud uh, wife and mom uh, to three uh, beautiful children. And I also have uh, multiple businesses. Uh, I'm partners with these amazing women as well uh, in a business called Amplify. Uh, And then I have other uh, ancillary businesses that have to do with real estate as well. So super excited to be here. Hi, I'm Seychelle Van Poole, and we have a real estate company here called uh, Van Poole Properties Group that serves the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex in Austin, Texas. We also have an insurance company that supports that business, uh, rental properties as well, and we have a remodeling and construction business associated with that as well called Edgewood, Edgewood Remodeling. Um, and I think you heard a little bit about our Empire Building podcast and Amplify. And uh, I've got an awesome husband who's super supportive named Nick and a little girl named Quinn. Excellent. So tell me a little bit, as you all introduced yourselves, there was a litany of many things that are part of your life, whether it was businesses, whether it was roles that you play. Um, can you talk a little bit, bit about what is the definition of an Empire Builder? When you think about that title and that word, or what does that mean to you guys? You, you move in a business, right, from as an entrepreneur starting a business yourself or coming into a business um, that is a small business and everybody's scrappy and you're trying to figure it out and it feels like this little tiny micro team. And one day you wake up and you realize that your business has to support more than just you. And for me, that was um, realizing, right, that I needed to make sure that my parents were provided for. And then one day you wake up and you realize it not only needs to support my family and my parents, but maybe it also needs to support all these other families that work for me. And then it needs to be able to live beyond itself, beyond that, right? And so the business moves from this entrepreneurial organization of supporting just you, and it moves into this world of being able to survive without you thrive without you, um, and to support something much larger than just your tiny ecosystem of your little bubble. And once you realize all of a sudden that you're on a mission to impact more than just your tiny little nucleus that you might have, you're now all of a sudden on a mission to build an empire. Whether you realize it or not, that's really where you're going is to lead an organization far greater than serving the needs of you or your individual family. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Wendy, what was it that you were going to add to that? I was just going to say my definition of empire building is really not only building a big business, but also building a big life. And a lot of it comes down to succeeding through others, right? To have a big business, uh, to have a big life, you have to become a master at succeeding through other people. And I remember when I was having my second daughter, I was our main listing agent. I did about 70% of the sales personally. And I realized that, you know, I wanted to take time off, more time off with, with my second child. And I realized at the time I couldn't do that. 
because so much was so dependent on me. I hadn't really mastered succeeding through others. So much was dependent on me. So for me, building an empire is really becoming a master at succeeding through other people, both in your home life, as well as also in, of course, your business life, uh, which brings up the big business and big life is that's how you do it is by succeeding through other people. Right. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Sometimes when I think about like the many people that go into entrepreneurship, they have an achievement mindset and this performance mindset that really brings them into it and helps them succeed. But what I'm hearing you say, Sarah, is that a lot of your ability to actually break through those ceilings and to build an empire came not through your own success and your own ability to achieve, but really succeeding through others. Can you talk a little bit more about what that experience of transitioning from owning 70% of your business and really being responsible for it to starting to bring people into your world that could take, could carry that torch. Well, a lot of it is through failing forward, right? I can give a lot of stories on attempting to succeed through others and failing. And a lot comes down to how you hire uh, following a process where it's not just about a warm body. Succeeding through others is you have to make sure that you're you're matching the values, that they're talent for your organization. And all of that for me, I wish I would have followed all of the books to begin with, but I didn't. I had to feel my way forward through it and learning that, okay, now becoming a master of hiring, a master of following a process, that's where then I started seeing the difference in my business because then I started hiring people that stayed that are still with me to, from today. You know, I have people on my team that I hired 11 years ago. And so it's that's how you do it is by making sure that you're mastering the hiring process. You're not just bringing anyone on. You're really succeeding through other people. That's such a good point, Sarah. The other thing that I think about with that too is when, we, when entrepreneurs first start building a business, and I know when I did, I was looking for one person to fill one role. And, and that was a huge mistake that I made, right? If I hired one person because they needed them to do one thing. And we talk about it on the Empire Building podcast too, right? When you're when you're new and building an empire new in your organization, you actually need to hire somebody that can fill a lot of roles, right? Because you're small yeah. and you need to be scrappy. And you also need to be looking for somebody that can future pace and help grow with you. And the, the case is when you're an empire builder, you can do that. When you're an entrepreneur and you're just starting out, you're just thrilled that anyone's willing to to jump in and, and follow your vision, right? Or take away your pain. <laughs> yeah, it's so true. Yeah, you know, it's, it's an easy yeah, trap for of entrepreneurs to fall into because you just you don't know what you don't know until you. It's a serious, beautiful point until you feel forward through it, and then yeah. okay, it's a pursuit of the mission. Yeah, well, and most people start their business because they're good at a thing. Mm-hmm. You know, if you if you're uh, if you start a bakery. You start the bakery because you're good at baking. Yeah, right? true. And uh, and so what you have to do is 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 once you get to the point where your baking alone can't satisfy the needs of the customer, and you know you have to grow, then you have to master completely different skills, right? Yeah. Mastering your budget, understanding the financials, hiring, and succeeding through others, and those are totally different skill sets than making cupcakes. So uh, true. And that's, and- that a lot of entrepreneurs fail at is they fail to realize that they're hitting that tipping point and that's a totally new skill set. And so you'll see a lot of businesses actually shrink backwards because they're they're not realizing that they have to jump into that new skill set in order to grow. Or they jump into it and they fail and then they quit. Yeah. Yeah. They have a bad experience, their business goes backwards, and they just say, you know what, it was just better when I did it all myself. 
because then I have to, you know, worry about all that stuff. I'm just going to go back to my joy. No, it makes me think. It makes me think, Wendy, of when I did that. That was early 2015. And when I made this decision and I had given myself basically six months of reserves money to where I could not be the main listing agent and be able to float the business. And we were in month five. And I remember my one of my agents was in my office and I, I said to him, I said, I'm going to give it one more month. And then mm. if if it doesn't work in one more month, like I'm back out there and I'm because that's what I have to do. And yeah. it was scary. Like, I mean, because I kept feeling, you know, five months, like all these months of paying and losing listings and not learning how to teach people how to convert. And I mean, it was just a really painful process. And so many people give up. And I don't, I don't blame on that. You know, I was right there. I was yeah. literally right at, the, right at the moment of like, are we gonna actually do this? Yeah. Um well, yeah. Yeah. And that's what being an entrepreneur looks like is fall down, skin your knee, get back up, fall down, skin your knee, get back up, fall down, skin your knee, get back up, fall down, skin your knee, get back up. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. And, and you have to have the financial runway in order to do that sometimes. You do. But yeah. I, love, I love your point there. Sarah. Okay. I want to jump in because you said something about the financial runway and something about when you own a lot of the roles in your business and you're taking on new roles, you're no longer just baker. Now you're accounting and you're all these things. Um, Sarah mentioned something about, and maybe it was Michelle, about profitability being like the piece that in order to give away a lot of the roles, you have to be a profitable business. And there's this tension between doing the thing you really are great at and really bringing in revenue and then also stepping away from it and being able to hire people to do those things. So maybe somebody can talk about, uh, maybe Seychelles, do you want to jump in and talk a little bit about that process of accountability or profitability and how that how do you balance sure. that tension? Yeah, I'm happy to jump in on that. And I think Sarah's got a good story on it too. That financial reserves, when you work on putting those together and you run a profitable business because you're more than likely the labor in the business, right? You are more profitable because you're doing whatever it is, whether it's making the widget or baking the cookies or selling the houses, you're doing the, the oftentimes the dollar generating activity. And so if you can have the foresight to put away cash reserves, pretending that you're going to be paying somebody else in the future for that, that all of a sudden creates freedom and the flexibility to make business decisions in the next phase. And I think that that's where like in our insurance business right now, we're looking for a new hire with that. And we have a year's cash reserves to find the right person. And so I'm not like panicking of like, what am I going to do? Because we, we have the cash reserves we need in order to take our time, find the right person, make sure it's the right fit before we're jumping into a long-term business with them. And without that, I would be panicking and freaking out, making sure that immediately we have a pulse. Can you go do this today? Because I need sales to fill the pipeline to, to backfill that. Yeah. Well, that's why I want... I love that, Seychelle. And that's why one of the best things that you can do is to pay yourself a, way, to pay yourself a salary. You know, uh, maybe not right from the beginning, because that can be hard when you're starting a new business. But at a certain point, you have to value your time and you have to be able to look at your finances and understand that if, if I'm going to replace myself in this role, I need to have this much money at the end of the month, every month. Yeah, yeah part, part of it too, I think, and I, I think maybe Caitlin, this is what you were refer referring to as well is, you know, for me, I'm, I'm a models person. I study successful businesses and I studied the millionaire real estate agent when I built my business. I still do today. And, you know, there's a profitability model in the book. And I was so bent on following the model and following the book that I 
I lacked some leverage that I needed to make sure that I'm not missing the big life piece. So for me, I had to adjust, okay, yes, I wanted to shoot for a 40% profitability as my business grew. Was I okay with reducing my profitability to make sure that I wasn't having to sacrifice my family along the way just for a profitability percentage number, right? Mm -hmm. And I made some big mistakes there and I should have leveraged and focused on succeeding through others faster. Had I have not been like, well, I have to be at you know 40%, 30% profitability when really the focus needs to be on how can I impact people? How can I grow my world? How can I, and at the same time, be an amazing wife, be an amazing mother and being there for the people that matters, right? And the one thing, the glass ball is our family many times. And so that we don't want to drop. So let's give the introduction to Via though, because I can't wait. <laughs> that was so good. My name is Via Williams. I'm in the Seattle, Washington area. And I am the director of growth for the Ben Kinney Companies. So I run eight uh, Keller Williams brokerages here in Western Washington. I don't run them, I lead them. I have incredible, incredible leadership groups who run them. I have a team here and uh, I'm involved with Amplify with these lovely ladies. And I am also involved in the Empire Building podcast with these lovely ladies. So we have a lot going on. Yeah, that's the theme of this day is uh, big businesses and big lives. And I'm curious, Via, when you think about like how, how you build that big business and that big life, what what have you what what sort of challenges have you faced as you've had that sort of counterbalance tension of knowing that you want an extraordinary family and a marriage that is unbelievable while also growing this massive team and massive um, impact? That's an incredibly insightful question and a very big one. It's a very, very big question. And I I don't know. I think that that there are so many challenges. If I was gonna call it down to a few. I would say it's an inner battle between uh, wanting to be a master of my craft, uh, being incredibly ambitious and uh, uh, enjoying, genuinely enjoying being a workaholic, and balancing that with, you know, love is spelled T I M E when it comes to your family. And I have a a husband and three beautiful children who I, I really enjoy hanging out with and love very much who demand time for me as they should. So uh, the biggest challenge is for sure the 24-hour day that we are all given. I, I don't know another way to answer that. There's so many things within there, but I think you know that's the most obvious one. Who else can add to that? Because 24 hours a day, that's a challenge that I don't think they've cracked that, that one yet. There's, we haven't been able to extend the hours, but how we use them and the clarity on what we want to achieve with them that truly is something that it sounds like you ladies have done really well. So Sarah, what were you what were you thinking? You know, what came to mind for me when we say challenges, all of us are super ambitious and I I love that via use that word because that's true. What can happen sometimes is our ambition takes over basically what brings us also the most joy in our life. Mm-hmm. And when when you say challenges, like I think back about me growing our my empire and how many years I was just miserable because I was mm-hmm. I was I was going after the ambition more than I was going after the joy. And thankfully to these amazing women and a, a few other friends that we that were super close with. Because of them, honestly, I had such an adjustment to make. So for me, it was more of like, yes, we can be ambitious and we do get a lot of joy out of growing our business and really impacting other people. That brings me a lot of joy. 
But in addition to that, there's so many other things that brought me joy that were taking the back burner because my ambition was taking over. And a lot of it comes back to what I said in the beginning, which is succeeding through other people because you can, you can have it both. And is what I've learned. <laughs> and so the challenge for me was learning that. We can and have it all, though. Yeah. But, we can, but we can have both. Yeah. Yes. Yes. It, well, you can't do it all is really... Right. right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. You yes. can't do yes. it all. When people, people ask us this all the time, how do you guys do it all? And the answer is, we don't. And so a lot of it comes down to that. That was a tough lesson for me. That was a hard, it took me many years to, to learn that. And thankfully I learned it when I did, when my kids were still young. I'm, I'm, I'm super grateful for that. Uh, but that's the answer in my, in my mind is running after, ignore, not ignoring the ambition, but running after your joy while you're also succeeding through other people that can help you with your ambition. Well, and I, Sarah, that's so beautifully stated. And you know, it really, it comes down to getting clear on your mission for why you're here. Because there are so many shiny objects. There are so many things you can chase. There are so many things you can go after in this world that may bring you uh, temporary joy or might feel good or stroke your ego. And it really is getting clear on why you're here, what you're meant to do, what you're wanting to go after so that you can say no with clarity the things that don't matter and don't bring you joy and don't feed your purpose. And that in turn then allows you to say yes more to your family, to travel, to fitness, to health, to spirituality and your business. And, and Sarita Dua posted, um, we have like a little chat group that we all are in and she, she posted a beautiful thing that said what people think success like, and it just shows work. And it's like a pie, right? And it shows a big, like a big circle. And it says work, right? Work, 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 work. This is what actually makes you successful. And the pie is divided up, right? And it's fitness, health, diet, friends, family, travel, and work, you know? <laughs> and I yeah, think all the circles. That's a big part of it is you, you have to make sure that there's, there's room for the other things in your life. And, and all of us are extremely ambitious and we have to be mindful that there's so many other pieces to that that, that make up the, the big life part of it. Yeah, but I would just, I would acknowledge that, you know, that's a huge part of American culture is, is yeah. a huge part of our identity is what we what we do for our work. And it's different in, in other countries. And so there's just that kind of underlying bias for all of us. I know when I was a, uh, took time off to raise my, kids when they were little, you know, I took five years off to be a stay-at-home mom. It was, it was a challenge for me to, um, when people asked me what I did, Mm. I ended up just saying trophy wife, which was pretty great. (laughs) Well, you are that. Well, obviously. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, But I mean, it's just tough. It's like when you're, when your whole identity is, is, is in your work. And then I would also just say that, um, we, we get a lot of feedback from our work, you know, a lot of positive Mm -hmm. feedback. Um, accolades and, and you know a lot of those things that are are actually physical uh like dopamine mm-hmm. right it's like oh another goal we did it we get we, we you know we get more and more and more feedback from that and we don't always get that feedback from like our toddlers when they're little you know so yeah, there's like a real there's a thing there you know real yeah. biological thing that we're all kind of fighting against your toddlers don't write you bonus checks when you mom really well. <laughs> no, 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 they don't even go to bed on time. <laughs> <laughs> we need a high five today. 
Yeah, we had a great question in the questions box. I just wanted to call it out because what advice would you give your younger self? Like it sounded like when you, that ambition was a driving force in your life from the beginning. And I can relate to that. I feel like that was, um, it's really motivating to be able to move towards something and succeed and to get that external validation and to feel like you're going somewhere. And you also all sounds like you learned a lesson at one point where there was an intersection between your ambition and these other areas of your life that maybe were getting trumped by that desire to continue to grow. So what would you, what advice would you give your younger self knowing what you know now so that you could um, perform in a different way or a better way or, or just listen more? What, well, what would you say? That's really easy for me. I'm happy to start because it's think bigger. Tell me a little bit more, Bia, because that's a think bigger, but when you were, it sounds like you were thinking really big and you would even say, think even bigger. I don't think I was thinking big. All all of my current, where I am now started when I was 40. So, and I'm 50. And so I don't say that a lot. That was, that was a brave <laughs> move. I don't say that it number was. a lot. Wow. I'm not oh. accepting that number lately. It's a tough number for me. But it all started when I was 40. I just didn't know. I didn't know what I didn't know. And I just thought being a real estate agent meant sitting at people's kitchen table. Nothing wrong with that. It's a great living. It's a fantastic living. I just um, my calling was is to lead more people, but I don't think I, I was aware of that. I just I, I wish I would have started thinking bigger, and it's how I'm raising my kids to think really big. I, I guess I mean with business ideas, changing the world. I guess I mean with everything. Yeah. Well, and I think that starts with understanding um, why you're on the planet. You know. Yeah. Uh, and some of that is just you have to figure it out as you go along. But I know one of the things I love about my kids' school is they talk a lot about, uh, you know, finding their, finding, figure out their mission, you know, why they're here and what they're good at and kind of all that behavioral stuff. And I just didn't, I never did a lot of that. So I had to kind of figure it out and take different jobs. And and I'm like you, yeah, you know, I didn't start my, my business until I was 38. And so, yeah, I feel like I wasted a lot of time. Yeah. Just meandering around, which I don't regret. You know, I had a lot of fun meandering. Yeah. I get but, that too. Yeah. I you know, this is it's such a journey, right? Like to me, like I think about when things have happened or the, or when those have intersected to me have just been almost like the perfect time. I I, I love Via's answer, and I'm gonna say that like at first I was gonna say it's hard for me to go back because to me, I needed those moments to even for it, for me to hear it. Mm-hmm. Because so many times we, we, if you think about it, like you have heard things before, but you didn't, did you really hear it? Like, you know, and so I think part of it is like where you are in your journey of empire building, where you are in your uh, journey of building your business. And I mean, I couldn't be the leader I am today if I didn't also master list, taking listings, you know, like, like that was part of what, Part of a big part of what I do now, and so it's it's really part of like. But wouldn't it be great if like your old lady future self showed up when you were twenty two and was like, "Hey, think bigger." It's me. <laughs> yeah, seriously, like me. Yeah, like me. You probably would have listened, right? <laughs> and, uh, okay, yeah, what does that mean? Oh my god, you're from the future. What? Yes, exactly. Oh like this is what you're going to be in my dreams tonight. Wendy's face going. I'm your old lady self. Think bigger. <laughs> it's old lady Williams here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Sorry, sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you. But... No, it was funny, but it's true. It's. <laughs> we need to like it's yeah it's true yeah we wish we could do that and thinking bigger is the right answer honestly yeah, well yeah. the thing is Sarah you know what's 
I think what's really cool about you and part of, part of why you're you're such a great voice right now in the world is that you are young and you did think big young, right? And so I think a lot of us see ourselves in you and that, you know, how have we have, have, you just got it really young. And, uh, and I don't mean, I'm with Wendy. I mean, I traveled around the world for a year with my husband. I, I don't, I don't regret that. I, I don't, it was wonderful. I was, uh, I got back, uh, into the States and I turned 30 a week later. So it was from, tw- you know, my 29th year. And I mean, um, I just think that I think you're a great voice in this conversation, Sarah, because you are, you're the, you're young and you're more successful from a business standpoint than any of us here. You know, it's amazing. I mean, you have a huge, bright future in front of you, right? It's, it's you're going to impact a lot of lives. It's really cool. Really cool. Well, yeah. all of it comes down to the giants that were placed in front of me. You know, I love that Isaac Newton quote because it's true. Like this week when we're when we're live right now, you know, yesterday was Gary Keller's birthday, and he's been a giant that he's allowed all of us to stand on his shoulders. And you know, it says if you can see further, it's because of that. Right. Yeah. And so for me, I've had major influences in my life, influencers in my life that have helped me. It's not Sarah Reynolds. It's the influencers in my life that have helped me see further, Gary being one of them. And I think all of us agree with that. Right. And it's just when mm-hmm. we interacted with those people. Right. And, and yeah. so learning from them and things like that. For you guys, it was old, when you were older. For me, it's when I'm younger. Stay's young too. So <laughs> I won't leave you out. <laughs> you guys are both young. Well, not that far apart from each other. <laughs> okay. Okay, Wendy. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm not in my 50s. I'll just say that. Uh, oh, like minutes oh. away. Like literally, like, okay. <laughs> actually, actually, somebody I, on my real estate team was about to close their 50th transaction. And we were, and somebody else said on my team, oh, we should get a cake and put 50 on it over the hill. I was like, no. No. I it's a little too close to home. No, absolutely. <laughs> I didn't hit that wall until I had um, Quinn, our daughter. I had limitless amounts of energy. And I feel like all the time in the world until I had a newborn that didn't sleep and still doesn't, which is just so fun. But She's um, six, by the way. Give me a perspective. All that sleeping. <laughs> Awesome. Don't come to me for uh, sleep advice. Um, I can't give you any. Uh, but I, I, until I hit that wall, I really felt like I got this. I totally got this. And then, you know, I think life, whether it's a health crisis or whether it's a, a child who wants sleep or, um, and you know, a marriage, a divorce, a death, a birth, whatever it is, right? Until I think you have a major something in your life that forces you to realize that you can't do what you think is all of it you then are forced to work outside of yourself. You're forced to, to go outside of yourself. And I, I think the other thing that we we mentioned a little bit, but it's having mentors, but I think it's also like the tribe that we have built and what we're building with expanding that beyond, you know, beyond us to amplify, um, having a group of radical transparency of close confidants that you can ask anything and be completely vulnerable and transparent with, which is kind of a scary thing for a lot of people, um, I think has also been a life-changing thing that if I could go back 10 years and give myself that gift 10 years ago instead of five years ago, um, I, I just imagine where would I be now if I had had that 10 years ago? So if you don't have a group of this amazing tribe and mentors in your world that are pushing you forward on like a daily basis, go get that. And and work on that today. 
That's good. Yeah, you're answering one of the questions that was in the question box, which if you want to add to it, but they just said, you know, how do you learn to think bigger? Like, are you reading books? Are you, Mm. and it sounds like for most of you, it was a lot of those things, but having people in your world that were living those big lives and could be a model for what it could look like really did expand your thinking. That's the fastest way to change your thinking is to surround yourself with different people. If you feel like you're not thinking big enough or you've got people in your life who are dragging you down, then either you need to virtually do it by reading books or you need to figure out who your tribe is, who your people are. You know, and Gary Keller tells us that sometimes we have to get on a plane to see our best friends. And, you know, for us, for sure, that's true. When I first started uh, building our business and growing the business, I would look at numbers and I would find someone that it was like ahead, one or two steps ahead of me. And then I would, I would become friends with them and build a relationship with them. And then I just have kept doing that all along the way. And honestly, it's like when you, to answer the question is exactly what Wendy said, which is like, look at the circle, look at who you're surrounding yourself with. If you're surrounding yourself with people that think small, you are going to think small. It's just, that's what's going to happen. But if you surround yourself by, you know, when (laughs) one of the podcasts you know, I said we're going to be in ten major ten major metro cities, helping a thousand families a month. When your friend Wendy Papazan looks at you and says, "You can do better than that," <laughs> like that's who you should be surrounding yourself with, right? It's like people that like, well, that's small thinking, and I'm like, but no one has done that yet. <laughs> you know, that's my response. I don't think but I said it was small thinking. <laughs> no, no, I don't think you said small no. thinking, but you no. you believe in us, and you're pushing. Yeah, we push I each believe other in your greatness. Thinker. Yes. Yeah. And so we push each other to think bigger, but it's because of who we're surround, like who we surround ourselves with. Right. And so that's a lot of it comes down to that. Get in a room of bigger thinkers and you'll start thinking bigger. And not everybody's going to live the exact life you want in all the areas that you want. And so that's the other Mm -hmm. thing that I think is really instrumental for us is like in our group, one person's living a massive personal life and nailing it. And the next person might be killing it in business. Somebody else might be on a fitness journey. Somebody else may have figured out some spirituality things that we really need to work on. Like it, it, we're all net worth. Somebody else is totally like rocking and rolling. And so it's not like we all are on the same page. We're all chasing the one thing. It's that we have, um, which ironically is the name of the podcast, that you, you know, on the webinar that we're on. So don't <laughs> think that I'm bashing that because I am not. <laughs> but everybody's nailing one thing in their life, probably at a massive level. And we're working to pull out what they're doing that's amazing to implement in our world in that one area. It's not that we all have all five, six, seven, eight circles mastered or figured out. It, it's we're, we're each helping each other in that area. We're probably the least strong pulling from the strongest one forward. Well, that's true. Yeah. Simple truth of living the one thing is like you can only really be pushing and exceeding at one thing at a time. And during that focus, you can build habits and resources and surround yourself with people. And once you've got that on lockdown, then you have the bandwidth to focus on that other thing. But the way that your life stacks up and really having the clarity onto what thing do I need to focus on first so that I can build that empire that I have this vision for. Because if they're not lined up in order of priority, then you're just going to keep hitting your head against that wall. That's right. Yeah, and I love this conversation. I, I really feel like this this might even be, be a good podcast episode. But um, what's really jumping out at me, I was, I was really listening to everybody's answers because the commonality that you guys have that I don't have is I'm an intrapreneur. I'm also an entrepreneur, but but my primary uh, thing gig is I'm an intrapreneur, meaning I'm I'm helping to 
to build, you know, Ben Kinney's empire, right? I mean, it's it's also mine, but and and I remember Peter Thiel ben in a Kinney's book called now. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Um, Peter Thiel in his book Zero to One that actually Jay Papazan referred to me. I remember asking Jay once, I go, what's just what's a good book? I I kind of need a I just I'm looking for a new business book. And Jay goes, read zero to one. So I did. And um I remember what Peter Thiel said. I remember this when I was, you know, talking to Ben about leaving my team. I don't I still have a team, but really kind of focusing on on this empire. And it was that most people shouldn't actually start their own company. A little controversial. Most people should not start their own company. Most people should actually go work for someone and build an already fast-growing company. And so, you know, for a lot of you guys that are that are watching this, you know, we talk about thinking big and surrounding yourself with other people. I think I'm I'm pretty talented, and I mean, maybe that sounds vain, but you know. I, I achieved 1.75 million in GCI. It's certainly not Sarah's level, but you know, for two percent of women-owned businesses, you know, reach a million in in revenue, and and I almost doubled that. I think I did okay, and and I looked you at, did at amazing, Ben's. Yeah. Thank you. And I looked at Ben's and I thought, I want, I just want to be on that freight train. That sounds really fun. It feels like I can narrow my focus and and be around Ben. And and how Ben thinks has taught me to think bigger, actually. Like, like a good example, I mean, like a real world story is I go, hey, why don't we monetize this? Why don't we monetize this and do four sessions and charge people? He's like, okay. Or why don't we just go uh, buy the company that's doing it? And grow that and make it a billion dollar company. <laughs> like it was just like the way I was thinking was so not the way he was thinking, right? Yeah. That was yeah. a really good aha for me. And I'm yeah. like, I just wanted to go do this little thing. And he's like, let's take over that industry. Like that's thinking big, right? Yeah. So I, I just kind of wanted to share that that, you know, this doesn't have to be a, a an entrepreneur, an entrepreneurial lonely journey. If you feel you're on that, you can really surround yourself well with people that can really impact your life. Like Jay surrounded himself with Gary Keller and everyone at KWRI. I, I'm at, you know, I'm at Keller. I feel like I do too. I feel like I'm surrounding myself with Gary Keller, but you know, and also Ben. And I just wanted to add that in for any of you guys here that either work for someone else or, or maybe maybe think that could be in your future. I, I recommend it. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I've seen Jay, Jay do that inside of KW and, you know, pr- productive. And the one thing has been the result. So that's pretty much why we're all here on this podcast today. Yeah. That's right. When you were talking, Bia, one of the things that we were talking about earlier is, and I've been in Gary's world for a couple of years. Y'all have been in his world for much longer. But he talks about the, and that it's kind of the model for empire building in many ways, where it's like, I have a job and I do it. And then you bring somebody in your world, your world and then together we do it. And then when you ha- pass off that job and they're, oh, they're doing it, but then when it becomes theirs, and when you talked about Ben Kinney's business, you even said like, this is his empire. Well, it's mine too. Like that is that transition where it has mm-hmm. become yours and you have ownership of it and you're doing something together. And to be able to see the ripple effect of that mentality in such a big empire, like that yeah. is, um, it's really a model for what it can look like in such a different way. So I really um, thank you for saying that because it, it gives a model for, you don't have to own your own business to be building an empire and mm-hmm. it's the yourself doing it together is really rewarding. Well, and I would also say that, um, you know, Via, you're so much happier than you were two years ago. Yeah. You know, you really, you really were very good at running your company, but you really didn't enjoy it. Mm-mm. And now mm-hmm. it's just been fun. I was talking to Jay this morning. It was just, it's just been fun to watch your growth the last two years. Oh, thank you. Awesome. Yeah. And I do own, I have, I still have my, I mean, you know, I own businesses. I have my mm-hmm. team. I, I've just learned I'm better as a partner. I, I, I used to joke and say, oh, I'm, I'm unemployable. I, I'm not partnership. I actually 
am the complete opposite. I, I, I have learned that I'm naturally wired to collaborate with people and I actually prefer uh, sharing the load, uh, sharing the burden with people and sharing the, the victories and the defeats with people. I like being in the foxhole shoulder to shoulder with other people, just how I'm wired. So go figure. I, I didn't, you know, it took me some years of wisdom, but I wanted to go back to something somebody said that was really good. And I just don't think we should gloss over it because Sarah, you said it so well when you're saying, look, I couldn't have gotten to where I am and, and, and essentially been as great of a leader as I am if I wouldn't have been the listing agent, if I wouldn't have been the buyer's agent, right? I didn't mean, of course, we all, you know, this is sequential. I always think of the dominoes and, and the one thing. This is not simultaneous, it's sequential. I didn't mean to say that as a young person, I should have skipped steps. I do wish that I would have had a better sense of, of how big it could be. And, and like my example I gave with Ben Kinney, of, I wish when I was younger, I would have said like, like a lot of these billionaires, by the time they're 30, they just thought big earlier. That's all. And they just had more years to, to accomplish that, right? Mm -hmm. But a lot, I mean, a lot of it comes down to who who you you're surrounding yourself with, right? Like, I mean, I get so much energy by, you know, Wendy, when she says, I believe in your greatness. Well, my mom who started the business originally had gotten it up to a, a good, I mean, she, it was her and an assistant, uh, about 300,000 in income a year. She has believed in me and pushed me along the way. I joined her and really she's been more the entrepreneurial person. I've been really the one built, the builder of it. It's, mm -hmm, yeah. it's almost two different things. But if you look back at all of those people that are younger or that have had a lot of success, you got to look at who they've been around and you've got to look at who has pushed them to that. And I think that that's where there's a big difference, even when you're looking at like lower income areas and how they're not building as fast. It's because they don't have, they're not surrounded by those that are pushing them. Whereas we have an advantage because we are, we do we are surrounded by those that are pushing us to believe in ourselves, not just believe in ourselves, but doing bigger things. And we were able to learn from the lessons that they've are paid for, basically, right? Yeah. A lot faster. Even just seeing it can be done is yes. really powerful. It's so powerful. Yeah. Yep. Yep. It, that's powerful in the women-owned business world, for sure, right? Uh, seeing women that are able to do what they can and at the same time have babies. And because I think there's a, a, you know, sort of a fallacy that you can't. Um, and so be, seeing it done, it makes such a difference. Other people will do it too. Speaking of how women do things differently and building an empire, have you seen any distinctions with women that are building empires versus men? Are there, are there commonalities? Can you, when did you talk more about like, what have you seen? Like you're all ladies that have built these, built these big empires and you're also surrounded by all sorts of people who have done it. What are the differences? Way different. Yeah. Say that again. It can be really lonely. I mean, I think that's how we all found each other is we, we were leadership lonely and this journey of being a female business owner, entrepreneur, intrapreneur, and, uh, and building our uh, family life too. And I think it's, we, we societally have put a lot of pressure on ourselves or allowed a lot of pressure on ourselves to feel like we, as Sarah said earlier, we have to do it all. And, and working through the, the mom guilt or the, the businesswoman guilt or whatever you want to call it, right? To, to realize that you can, you can live an amazing life and not have to fall to the societal pressures and you can build the world the way you want it to look is really freeing, but can also be very scary. 
I think saying it's lonely, that's a, that's such a good word to use for that description. I think Seychelles, because saying it's lonely, because you, I think about, you know, at times going to my daughter's like birthday parties and I'm there with all the other moms and what they're discussing. I'm like, like, I don't relate at all to anything Mm -hmm. they're saying with their stress of running errands and how many times they had to go to target that day. And like, that is what their stress level is. And meanwhile, I'm having to, you know, not having, I get to push the business forward to to meet payroll and you know totally different stresses and it's like I I'm there and I'm think I think we all look around like why am I am I here this is not my space and mm-hmm. then you go into the business world and then you see the top business owners the top leaders in our in many organizations again and that's all men and you yeah. look around and you say why, why am I here? Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and it's like, where is the space for the, the space path? for me? Yeah. Yeah. Where is the space for me? And, um, you know, Wendy and Diane had a vision of creating sort of a, a space for many of us. And I think that that's what we're on a mission for is creating more of a space for females that are like us that want to build empires and at the same time have those birthday parties and are at those birthday parties, you know, and it's like, it's, it's, a lot of times you're looking around and you don't feel like there's a space. And so you have to create it is what we've learned. Very beautifully said. Yeah. I just, I feel like I'm always like, but I have to add one thing. I'm that person. (laughs) (laughs) Which is why this is the space you're in. You're supposed to be in. And we're all like that, Via. (laughs) No, I'm going to add one thing. (laughs) That's the bubble above when he's head. Um, and by the way, this is what it's like in our world every Friday morning during our podcast morning. It is like, it is just so much fun. Anyway, um, here's here's what's been fascinating. So I've been now, I guess you would call it corporate leadership. Like if any if anyone at Ben Kinney companies heard that, they'd be like, we're not very corporate, but we have 300 plus employees. Like we're, you know, I'm in corporate yeah, leadership. And I, I think what's amazing is I remember reading, I need to read Lean In again, because I haven't read it by Sheryl Sandberg and mm-hmm quite a few years, but I remember reading it. And, and it was one thing to read it because I here I was, I had my own business, whatever. I have to tell you with, with the male, female thing, and for all of you men watching and listening, kudos to you because here's what you do that women do not do. And I had to experience it myself to really believe it. What you guys do is you just brazenly ask for opportunity even if you're not qualified, even if you haven't proven yourself. And women who are watching and listening, we do not. We, for some reason, think we have to earn it. We think we're not worthy. We think we have to prove this and this and this first. And I'm telling you, while you're doing that, your male colleagues are literally asking your CEO for opportunity. It's shocking. Like I literally am living it and it's it's just been eye-opening to me. Like it's gotten me braver because I see I see them and I'm like, wait, they they want my job? Oh my god, what? Like, what am I not asking for? Like, I, I mean, it's it's unbelievable, and and so I have to say that has been shocking to me, and and shocked, not surprised. I think would probably be the the term, you know. Mm-hmm. And and it's not, by the way, gentlemen, you know, this is not a slam. That's a compliment to you. That's yeah. a huge compliment. Yep. I am not knocking that down at all. I I'm in awe. And I, I think it's fantastic, actually. That's so true, Via. And the other part I think men do really well that we have all had to learn is men naturally play on sports teams like football and basketball and like these these sports that require a lot of um, like, yeah, you can do it, like eco chambers, right? And and yeah, men yeah. naturally like eco chambers 
each other and support each other without even thinking about it. Like I so know true, a, lot of, a lot of the high performers in our industry, they naturally, like the men naturally are like, that's a great idea. Yeah, I love what you were saying. Yes, you should totally do that. By the third person saying that, everyone's like, well, that was the best idea I've ever heard. It's I called Amplify. It. I wonder how we got that. Yeah. <laughs> That's what inspired, right, our our company along, you know, with 11 of us creating Amplify. And it really is because men naturally do that so well. And we all of a sudden realized by sitting in a room really surrounded by the vast majority of them being men, we all of a sudden realized at a really high level of business that that's something that men do really naturally. And we had to learn as women. We literally had to learn a new skill set to do that. For each other because we naturally will be like, oh, no, 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 you can take the microphone. Oh, no, 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 it's okay, you can talk. Oh, no, it's okay, you can go. You know, and we naturally had to learn to, to really push for that. And so I think that's, that's been an amazing lesson as a businesswoman that we've had to really skill up on. And it's, it's been super helpful. We've had to skill up on it and then we see the other side of it, right? Because we have people, you know, almost every male in my organization has asked for a promotion or to be a leader of a department. One guy wanted to run a whole state and he hadn't even sold one house yet. <laughs> wanted to lead other agents. <laughs> like, like this is real life. Like, right. Whereas the female would be like, well, let me sell a hundred homes before I ever ask for that. But the men, and so it's like, we see it from that other perspective, right? Mm -hmm. uh, today, I was had a meeting with one of the leaders of my organization, and we were talking about the next step for um, possibly her, her position, her position or, or the other people that have her position. And as she was talking, I just stayed very silent because I wanted her to put herself out there because I've been encouraging the females in my world to put yourself out there, ask for it, right? And so I just stayed really silent. She was talking. And then finally, she looked at me and she goes, and I would like to be considered. And just oh, like that. I and I was that. like, yes. Like, Yay. you go for that. Like that. I love that. Yes, ask for it. Because you totally qualify. <laughs> so anyways. As I, you're saying that, like, I, I know that intellectually. And a lot of people can, like, put that in their brain. But what are, like, what are the words? Like, I actually love the words of just, I'd like to be considered. Because there is a piece of us that there's, that's like sandpaper, like where it's like, ooh, this is not comfortable. I don't want to ask for something that I don't deserve. I don't want to step up in a way. Well, how would you encourage people to start to practice that, practice the behaviors that can change that mentality? I have a really good story for that. Um, and I feel like a lot of people listening, if you guys are watching or listening right now and, and you're thinking in the back of your head, or maybe you're not admitting it to yourself that maybe you want to go into leadership, whatever industry you're in, it doesn't matter, right? Because, because I was, that was me. And I, I just didn't, I think it must have been a self esteem thing. I remember the moment I had been meeting with Ben Kinney for about a month, a couple of years ago. And I kept, he, he kept, because I was going to leave, to be frank. And he was like, let's meet weekly, let's figure out what we need to do at the brokerage's level to keep you. So we were meeting and I was casting my vision. And, and finally, at the fourth meeting, like four weeks in a row, I described, I go, you need to hire this person. And I described this person. And in my head, I was visualizing someone who was a local industry leader who was not in our brand. And I, she'd just been let go. And I thought she'd be a great hire for, for it. Did, it really didn't even occur. Anyway, so I'm pulling into my parking garage from that meeting. And I sat down and I went, oh my God, I just described myself. I am the perfect person for that role. It took me 45 minutes to gumption the courage to send that. I've, I've hardly shared this before. Just send that text to Ben Kinney, 
who is a good friend, a coach, my OP, to say, I want to be considered for the position I just described to you. And uh, it it was so so nerve-wracking because I knew that if he rejected me, I'd I, I probably would have to leave. I couldn't handle the rejection. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's a male-female thing. I'm just sharing my story. I was petrified. And finally, at like 47 minutes, I'm sitting in a dark parking garage in my car. I pressed send. I couldn't even look at my phone. I didn't want to look at my phone. And then I met with him the next time. And I just remember being so nervous walking into that meeting. And, and I sat across from him and I was just staring at him and uh, waiting for him to give me the speech, right? The sympathy speech about why I, I wasn't qualified. I really was. And, and so imagine my surprise when he's like, I think you'd be perfect for this. And his first thing was, you've got to talk. Let's, we need to both go talk to Gary about this separately. We need, we need Gary to, we need to get his blessing and see what he thinks. And this would be a big move and he knows us both well. My whole point in that is that um, I think we don't talk about that enough. I think that it is so nerve-wracking to ask that question like what your agent did gave me goosebumps, Sarah, because for her to ask you if she could be considered, that took a lot, you know? It did. Yeah, it was a moment too. And the other way I would say to word it, another way you can word it is from my standpoint, when I'm looking at my those in my organization, the people in my organization, sometimes I don't know if they would want to do the job. And so, and I think if they're overwhelmed with everything that they have going on and I see how great they're doing at their job, and then it's almost like I don't also don't want to inconvenience them by even suggesting it to them, even though I know that they would be good at it. So sometimes telling your superiors, like, hey, if you ever did this job, if this ever became a reality, I, I would want, I would want that. I would like that. Like, I would like to do that. Like little things like that to where just letting those ahead of you know mm-hmm. that you would be interested in that if that ever came that. up. So, Well, and I also think the other thing is, is really understanding your worth. You mm-hmm. know, it's like, what are, you, what are your skills and special talents worth? Right? And I think a lot of times women probably undervalue themselves. And I know when I've hired... Uh, women on our te- on our team, you know, a lot of times they'll come in and they'll say, "Well, I was making X amount, but I would accept this." I don't know if you've had that same experience, yeah. but it's yeah. very common, you know. Which I'm just like, ooh, you know, as a business owner, you're like, "Well, okay, great, I'll save twenty five thousand dollars," <laughs> but uh, but at the same time, I don't want that for them. I'm like, ooh, yeah. no, know your worth, you know. It's really good. But- an exercise all of us have gone through that can help with that too is even just uh, doing the book Strength Finders. And the like going through actually really owning your strengths and leaning in on them. And then to Wendy's beautiful point, put a word to that. Um, But really making sure you're in tune with what your strengths are that you're bringing to an organization and not shying away from them. Lean in on them. Yeah. Yeah. And not feeling like you have to give away lots of things for free. Yeah. You know. Words is something I definitely... Yeah. Oh, I was just going to say that like knowing your worth and knowing your value in monetary while also... I think ambitious people, sometimes they don't know what they're worth without that job. Like I can relate to that feeling of like, well, if I don't do this and I don't achieve, then who am I? What do I do? Yeah, that's really well said. That um, the idea of value and worth, I guess we've only got a few more minutes and uh, think about empire building. When we think about knowing who we are and what we're capable of and going out there into the world and building these empires, what's one thing that people can do right now as they, they end this webinar and they go out into their lives they can start on that journey to building an empire and knowing what they can do so that they can do it. Well, I have a really simple thing. I I tell the story all the time, but it's uh, it's my not-to-do list. And I'm really all about leverage. Um, 
And so just tape a piece of paper to your desk and write my not to do list on top of it. And every time you have that feeling like, I, don't, I just don't really like to do it, or it, I don't, you know, we all have lots of things in our work every day that we don't necessarily like to do, but just jot that down, right? And then when you get a full list of that, that, that can become a job description for your first assistant, or you keep doing that as your organization grows, and then you just continue to fire yourself from every job, which is what Sarah was basically saying before is like, you know, I was, I was, I fired myself from being the showing partner. I fired myself from being a buyer agent. Then finally she fired herself from being a listing agent. Right. And she's continuing to fire herself. Like I've seen you fire yourself from lots of jobs in the last couple of years since I've known you. And that's our, that's, that's our gift. You know, if, if you're, if you're a business owner, even in your, even in your work, right. Even if you're an entrepreneur, like, Via is, you know, you can't, it's so much better to, to be, um, to really follow the one thing principle and get really good at something as opposed to being a generalist. And I do think women kind of suffer from that. And I've given that advice to a lot of young women is like, don't get too good at everything because then you end up being good at nothing and you never get that leverage that you probably need. Whereas men are like, I don't want to do all this stuff. I want to do this. Right. And that's how you become um, valuable in an organization. I'd say that's amazing advice. I would say go find four or five people in your city that are succeeding at a high level at something you would enjoy doing or a business you would enjoy being in and ask just to do a Zoom meeting, take them to a social distance coffee. Right. We're in, we're in a little bit of a different time right now, but ask for an informational interview. You'd be amazed at what people will take your phone call, your email, your text, your message. Um, when you're coming from asking from, you know, a place of curiosity to learn more about them. Um, and so, you know, shoot high and, and go find people that are succeeding at a high level and, and look to learn from their stories, look to learn from their experiences. You're going to glean a lot out of that. Yeah. And I know we're wrapping up. I would just say, um, if anything, if anyone could take anything, it's a go be bold and, and, you know, embrace failure. Just go make mistakes, be bold, take risks and, uh, and embrace that and, and get down on yourself for not doing that. Don't get down on yourself for the fails that come from that. And you'll hear more about real life failures on our podcast, Empire <laughs> Building. Uh, and so you'll see that you're you're not alone in this, uh, and that we are all feeling our way towards building our empires, and we share all of that on our podcast. So my one thing to do is go download our podcast. And we would love <laughs> to have you as part of our community. Perfect. It's perfect time. Yeah. So then Penny, she's gonna put it in the questions box, the links where you guys can go where everybody that's listening can go subscribe to the Empire Building Podcast. And one more thing, I know we're a minute over, but I have a few people asking around like, how do they join this Amplify group? Because you're you're creating a vision that people want to jump into. So what where can people go to find about more? Yeah, it's on amplifyevent.com and that talks about our event which we've pivoted this year, but uh it uh when you get on there it'll it'll direct you you can uh fill out information and we'll get you uh involved if you, in our Facebook group and there, there's a whole bunch of things that we that we're going to be doing this year in anticipation for our next live event next year. We had our first live event about a year ago. It was incredible. I'm so excited to for people to get to know you more and to join in your podcast world. Thank you so much for being here and the one thing and for sharing and filling up our community. I feel like my heart is so full and I just appreciate your time and really your wisdom. Thanks, guys. Thank you very much. Bye, Bye. Bye. Bye.
Thank you. There you have it, our conversation with the hosts of the Empire Building Podcast. The one thing I want to restate that truly stuck out to me in this interview was how important it is to surround yourself with people who lift you up and challenge you to think bigger. Each of their stories was rooted in the fact that no one succeeds alone and that the community you surround yourself with will shape the direction of your life. If you are looking around at your people and you want to bring more big thinking, more accountability, and more support, visit theonething.com slash setmygoals. That's with the number one in the URL. We're hosting a virtual goal-setting retreat this year that will knock your socks off. It will connect you with a community of high achievers just like you, and we will facilitate a goal-setting experience that will expand what becomes possible for you this next year. So check it out. And if you have questions, just reach out to us at mastery at theonething.com. If this episode has brought value to you, who's someone you know or care about that would benefit from listening to it? Would you share it with them? And if you are that person, welcome to the One Thing Podcast. Click the subscribe button so that all future episodes will be automatically downloaded to your device. And for all of you, would you consider leaving us a rating or review on your podcast player of choice? It helps us reach far more people and helps us learn how we can serve you more. So thanks so much for listening to the One Thing Podcast. We look forward to being with you in the next episode.